from the fields of sin. Bring them in, go out and bring them in, go out and bring that one, bring one to Jesus. Good job. Let's bow our head for a word of prayer tonight. Father, we do thank you so much for what you do for us. We thank you that in the middle of the week, we can leave all the things of this world and all the bad news, all the things that work, all the things that, uh, that pull at us all week long and come and hear the preaching of your word, the teaching of your word, to pray one with another for each other. Thank you for giving us this time, this place called our church, where our family could be together and encourage one another. We ask that you bless this service in a very special way. Be with Brother Choi as he preaches tonight. Fill him with your power. Give him the words that you want him to say. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Brother Yule is here. Amen. Amen. Have you already done the first? Amen. Amen. If you're able to uh, join us with hymn 360, hymn 360, there is a fountain. Hymn 360. Thank you. 
if you don't have a prayer list, if you do not have a prayer list, if you raise your hand, our ushers will get you one right now. If you did not receive a prayer list when you came in, uh, they'll give you one right now. Please continue to pray for those on our prayer list. Uh, it's good. It was good to see uh, uh, Brother Dennis and Miss Susie back on Sunday. Praise the Lord. What an answer to prayer uh, to see him being able to get back to church. Uh, continue to pray for others, uh, our ladies that are expecting, amen, that things go well. Uh, please pray for Debbie Marshall. I think most of you in here know who Debbie is. Continue to pray for her. Um, uh, she just needs us to pray for her in every way we can, amen. And so uh, also pray for Gary and Mary Lund. Uh, and then uh, continue to pray for Brother uh, uh, Jim uh, Sorensen. He's been coming, amen, since his wife has passed away. And he's doing good, but we need to continue to pray for him as right. he goes through this transition in his life. Right. Uh, pray for Preacher and Miss White. They're out at a preacher's conference this week and uh, getting preached to. And he called me earlier this week, uh, or earlier today, I mean. And, boy, he was excited about all the preaching he's been getting and how it's helped him and been a blessing to him. And he can't wait to get back into a pulpit to preach some of the stuff. I mean, to uh, to, uh, to get back to preaching after getting. Listen, when a preacher hears preaching, he wants to go preach. It's just a part of it. Amen. Uh, and so uh, please be praying for him for that. So those are uh, our prayer requests that are on that list. Also, uh, don't forget about a few announcements. Soul winning on Saturday um, at uh, 930 in the morning. If for some reason that it has to be canceled, you won't get a text till Saturday morning, okay? We don't have any idea. The weather should be good. There is a 50% chance of rain, and if it's downpouring out there, we don't want you to get soaking wet. But if it's just drizzling, Brother Ed said he'd take care of all of us. If we got out sick, he'd pay for our medical bills. And so, <laughs> amen. Uh, but don't forget about March 3rd, kitchen, ladies' kitchen clean-out day at 10 o'clock in the morning. We're getting ready. We've already started some prep work in the kitchen to try to get things done. We've got a lot of work we're going to do. On demolition day, which is the same as men's prayer breakfast, on March 4th, starting at 9.30 in the morning. And so we've got to get the counters out of there. We've got to get the cabinets down. We've got to get the floor tore up. Uh, we've got to cut some portions of the walls out. There is a list of things that Brother DeVito and I have been working on today and putting them in order for us to be able to get done. And I, we need every man that could possibly help. Amen. I can do some things. I can't do everything I used to do. Just being honest with you. The younger you are, the better you are at helping us. Amen. And, and even if you can only give an hour or two, that hour or two can make a world of difference at getting these things done. Amen. And so if you could come and help, we'd appreciate that uh, on uh, March 4th. I'm sorry. Yeah, March 4th. All right. That's all the announcements I'm going to give us for tonight. We're going to go ahead and go to our prayer sheet. I want to remind you that out in the foyer on the counter out there by the welcome area, there are prayer sheets out there, little prayer request sheets. If you have a prayer request that you want added to the prayer list or you want Preacher and I and the staff to pray on privately, fill that out. Mark the appropriate boxes if you'll get it to me or Pastor. Uh, we'll make sure it gets to the right place and gets taken care of, all right? Well, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for the way you care for us and that you love us. And you've given us the privilege of being able to come right into your throne room and just talk to you as our dad and tell you the things that are on our heart and to bring these requests to you about our family here at the church. 
I ask that you be with the Lund family. I ask that you be with Brother Gary. Continue to give him strength. We saw him a couple weeks ago. It was good to see him and Miss Mary. Continue to guide and direct him and help him. We ask that you continue to be with uh, Miss Lauren and Miss Leah as they're uh, uh, expecting children. I ask that you help the pregnancy to go smoothly. It was great to see uh, Miss uh, um, uh, Shirley back uh, on uh, Sunday, and uh, she's continuing to heal. But, Lord, I ask that you continue to have your hand upon her and get her back stronger where she can be more consistent in what she needs from you and uh, in, for, in the ministry here. Thank you for Brother Sorensen and, uh, and uh, uh, his life and his testimony since his wife has gone to be with you. Thank you to continue to help him to be in as many services as possible. We thank you for Debbie Markle. She was a big church, part of our church for many, many years. She did much, much work here worked with our children and our junior churches and Sunday schools. And Lord, she needs your help physically. I ask that you continue to take care of her and guide and direct her, help her. We thank you, Brother Dennis and Miss Susie could be with us this last Sunday, but they still need, Brother Dennis and Miss Susie still need a lot of help physically. I ask that you guide them and direct them and help them. I ask that you fill them with strength. Thank you for them. Thank you for their love for you. And I ask that you continue to help him. Thank you for Brother Dale Maker uh, and uh, that he's able to be here on Sunday mornings uh, struggling and fighting uh, colon cancer. I ask that you continue to take care of him. Thank you for Miss Erica's all the good news that she, we've been getting about her cancer situation and how you've taken care of that for her. I ask that you continue to be with her as her body settles down from all the treatments that she's had. Continue to guide her and direct her in every way. We thank you for Miss Jackson and her continued recovery. Give her body strength. Not only that, I ask that you be with each one of her family members as they take care of her and be the caretakers for her. It's a lot of work. and. Uh, Lord, I ask that you give them the patience they need, the understanding they need, the strength that they need, the spiritual strength that they need during that time, and help them be a blessing uh, to, to their mama. We thank you for uh, uh, Tori Leslie's uh, surgery. We ask that you help her to continue to heal quickly so she can get back to Croatia uh, and do the work that her and her husband have been called to do there. Continue to bless our church financially. Uh, be with our soul winning uh, on Saturday. Help us to be soul winners and outreach uh, from our church. Every time we go anywhere, help us to give out tracts and give, give you our very best as we represent you here in this world. This world needs, they need it. They're dying for something that's true and for real. And I ask, Lord, that you'd use us to reach as many lost for you as possible. Thank you for our pastor. We ask that you guide him and direct him, give him uh, what he needs uh, spiritually as he hears the preaching even tonight yet. I uh, thank you that uh, he, he and Miss Sherry have been able to go to the conference. I ask that you continue to bless the preaching that goes on and continue to speak to his heart and draw him closer to you, giving direction as he leads our church. We ask, Lord, that you hear and answer all of our prayers. Most of us in this room have unspoken prayer requests that we've not even mentioned to others. And I ask that you'd meet each and every one of those needs. We love you. Be at the preaching tonight. Bless our offering for your glory and honor, for we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. If you have an offering, come and give it at this time.
Hymn 157, hymn 157, Our Highway. We'll do all verses, and then we would love for you to uh, greet your fellow, your family members after we sing the last verse. Our Highway, hymn 157. Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. All right, amen, amen. Good evening. Yeah, I can hear that. Yeah. If you're able, please, uh, please stand up and then turn your Bible to First King. First King, chapter three, verse one through fifteen. We're gonna read about Solomon, who was the wisest man. But we have to consider about him doing something that we haven't realized yet. So 1 Kings chapter 3, verse 1 through 15. 1 Kings chapter 3, verse 1 through 15. The Bible says, And Solomon made affinity with Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and took Pharaoh's daughter and brought her into the city of David, until he had made an end of building his own house and the house of the Lord and the wall of Jerusalem round about. Only the people sacrificed in high places because there was no house built unto the name of the Lord until those days. And Solomon loved the Lord. We have to listen to this. And Solomon loved the Lord, walking in the statues of David, his father. Only he sacrificed and burned incense in high places. And the king went to Gibeon to sacrifice there, for that was the great high place 
A thousand burnt offerings did Solomon offer upon that altar. In Gideon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night. And God said, Ask what I shall give thee. And Solomon said, Thou hast to shoot unto, my, uh, unto thy servant David, my father, great mercy, according as he walked before thee in truth and in righteousness and in, up, uh, and in uprightness of heart with thee. And thou hast kept for him this great kindness that thou hast given him a son to sit on his throne as it is this day. And now, Lord my God, thou hast made a servant king instead of David, my father. And I am but a little child. I know not how to go out or come in. And thy servant is in the midst of the, thy people, which thou hast chosen a great people that cannot be numbered nor counted for multitude. Give therefore thy servant an understanding heart to judge thy people, that I may discern between good and bad. For who is able to judge this thy so great a people? And the Bible says, and the speech pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this thing. And God said unto him, Because thou hast asked this thing, and hast not asked for thyself long life, neither hast asked riches for thyself, nor hast asked the life of thine enemies, but hast asked for thyself understanding to discern judgment. Behold, I have done according to thy words. Lo, I have given thee a wise and understanding heart, so that there was none like thee before thee, neither after thee shall any arise like unto thee. And I have also given thee that which thou hast not asked, both riches and honor, so that there shall not be any among the kings like unto thee all thy days. And if thou wilt walk in my ways to keep my statutes and my commandments, as thy father David did walk, then I will lengthen thy days. And Solomon walked, and behold, it was a dream. And he came to Jerusalem and stood before the ark of the co covenant of the Lord and offered up burnt offerings and offered pieces, peace offerings and made a feast to all his servants. And it was, it's been really long, uh, the passage, but I believe God is telling us through this passage. So let's pray and then we can see it later. Lord, we are so thankful for this tonight that we are gathered together here to sing it to you, to praise your name here, to listen to your word here. Lord, we just want to ask you to help me to preach your word to your people for your glory. And please help us to understand what God is telling us to do. Lord, we love you. We thank you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Uh, this passage is really strong, I believe, and then so that's why I titled this message, The Wisdom. Wisdom is to know what to love. Wisdom, wisdom is to know what to love. Do you know how painful it is to love something you're not supposed to love? Recently, I have watched like some news and found out that many people sadly have been addicted to some drugs like fentanyl or any things like that. And it's been killing people, even some teenagers, young people. The thing is, when they're addicted to it, it's almost impossible to get out of that. But the thing was, they chose to love that. Some people got that like accidentally, but most people, they chose to do that. They chose to do that. 
So that was a wrong decision. I believe this present situation just shows that how foolish this world is and how foolish people are. Many people go to college, university, or even like graduate school to get their degree. So they, they have their knowledge, but there's no wisdom. They, they, they're smart, honestly. Yeah, they talk about biology, technology, and things like that. Yeah. They're smart, but they're not wise. Right. You know why? Because wisdom is to know what to love. It's just not to know anything, but it's to know what to love most and first. In this passage, we're seeing a person who knew what to love first and most. Solomon. Solomon, who, who took over the Israel after David, he reigns Israel. Israel had fought and achieved great success. So when it came to the reign of Solomon, they were in peace. They, had to, they, they, did, they didn't have to fight with any other country. They didn't have to do anything. But they were just enjoying anything they had. We might have heard how great and prosperous Israel at that, at that time was, but it could be hard for us to relate to it. You know, but in verse 1, shows that how powerful and prosperous Israel was at that time. The Bible says, And Solomon made affinity with Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and took Pharaoh's daughter and brought her into the city of David, until he had made an end of the building his own house, and the house of the Lord, and the wall of Jerusalem round about. It simply tells us how prosperous and powerful Israel and Solomon were at that time. The Pharaoh didn't allow his daughters to get married to anyone in other countries. In foreign countries, they didn't do that at that time. And then, absolutely, ancient, ancient Egypt is most likely one of the most powerful countries in that region. However, this verse shows there was an exception. Solomon, right? Solomon, after the reign of David, has prevailing power and good politics with other countries around it. So they allowed, it, they allowed him to get married to uh, Pharaoh's daughter. And as the one who had the power, prosperity, and the wealth, and honor, Solomon could have been satisfied with what he had. But what we, can see, what we can see through this passage is that he truly loved God first and that he worshiped God first rather than anything that he had at that time. It wasn't just about himself but also about the Israelites because his faith has a great impact on them. Verse 2 says, only the people sacrificed in high places because there was no house built unto the name of the Lord until those days. This verse doesn't, doesn't say that they worship in the wrong place. There was no, there was no house of God. So there was, that the, the high places were the only place they can worship. So, which means they continue to worship God because they have, they have, no, below, uh, they have no house of the Lord. What about Solomon? Verse 3 says, and Solomon loved the Lord. Solomon loved the Lord. It's simple, but, but it's very strong. It, it's short, but very accurate. He loved the Lord. 
People remember that Solomon was the wisest human being throughout the history. We remember that Solomon, he led Israel to their golden age. We remember that Solomon saw God in his dream and asked God for wisdom. We do remember that he offered a thousand burnt offerings unto the Lord. But we tend to forget that Solomon truly loved God. He truly loved God. God didn't appear to Solomon in a dream because he offered a thousand burnt offerings. How many, how many offerings you give to God doesn't matter. It's not about the number. God didn't appear to Solomon in his dream because he had a great kingdom or because he deserved that. The reason why God appeared to Solomon in his dream, the Bible says that he loved the Lord. The Bible went on to tell us what he did when he loved God. In verse 3, the Bible says, walking in the statues of David, his father. Only he sacrificed and burnt incense in high places, and the king went to Gibeon to sacrifice there. For that was a great high place. A thousand burnt offerings did Solomon upon that altar. There are two things that Solomon did when he loved the Lord. Walking in the statues of David and sacrificing. In other words, when he loved God, he walking in his word and he worshiped God. You know, in this context, actually, we can see what Solomon did in order to walk in the word of God. Before David passed away, David uh, commanded Solomon to punish those who rebelled against David, then Solomon did it in chapter 2. Chapter 2 looks like very scary because he killed people. He's literally killing people. But we have to see why he did that. Because he was obeying God. He was obeying God. And the result of that, the Bible says, in chapter 2, verse 46, say, the Bible says, and the kingdom was established in the hand of Solomon. When he, obeyed his, when he obeyed God's word, the kingdom was established in his hand. Solomon loved God, so he walked in his word. And when he walked in his word, when he obeyed the Lord, as, as the Bible says, the kingdom was established in his hand. Simply, when he, when he truly loved God, by walking in his word, God let the kingdom established in his hand. He truly loved God, only, not only by walking in his word, but also worshiping him too. Verse 4 says, and the, kingdom, and, the, and the king went to the Gibeon to sacrifice there, for that was a great high place. A thousand burnt offerings did Solomon offer upon the, upon the altar. We are easily like fascinated by the number of the offering, so we easily miss out on what this passage actually points out. I mean, a thousand offerings is a lot. It's a lot. I don't know if I can do that or not, honestly, but it's a lot. But as I said, God does not care about the number. If he cares about the number, even though I'm a preacher, I'm not going to be <laughs> worth it. <laughs> Because God doesn't care about the number. 
But still, a thousand offerings is a lot. I'm not saying that's nothing, but the Bible says it's, it's more than just a number. According to like Second uh, Chronicles chapter 1, verse 2, 3, 3 says, it wasn't just about Solomon, but he made everyone in Israel worship God together. The Bible says, Then Solomon spake unto all Israel, to the captains of thousands and hundreds, and to the judges, and to everyone governor in all Israel, the chief of fathers. So Solomon and the old, congreg- old congregation with him went to the high place that was at Gibeon, for there was a, the tabernacle of the congregation of God, which Moses, the servant of the Lord, had made in the wilderness. Can, can you imagine Solomon as a king took all Israelites and a thousand burnt offerings together to the Gibeon? For what? To worship God. Everyone, literally everyone, from little to adult, they could see who they believe in. They could see who they trust. They could see who they worship. They can see a thousand offerings, which means they could see how much Solomon loved God. He loved God, so he worshipped him. And such service and offerings had a great impact on people to the point where his faith could increase the kingdom. He loved God by walking in his word and worshipping him. And that is why he got appeared to Solomon. Not because he offered a thousand offerings or he took a lot of people to worship God, but because he truly loved God. And when he loved, uh, when he loved God, as we know, God appeared to him in a dream. Then the Lord said, he said in verse 5, God said, ask what I shall give thee. Ask what I shall give thee. Have you, have you ever wished it? Have you ever wished that God would ask you this question? For me, oh my, more than a million times. Yeah. More than a million times. Like I've wished and imagined like, if God asked me, oh, how should I answer? But all, all, all I think was like, how much should I ask him? Like a million dollars? It might be enough. <laughs> when I was younger, I thought it would be enough. But while like getting older, just number just increased. Like, oh, a million is enough? No, 10 million? A little bit more than that? Like, <laughs> just like that. But we should have noticed that this kind of question in the Bible is very unique. Since nowhere in the Bible, literally nowhere, God says that. God never said, okay, ask what should I give thee? He never said that. Besides, here. Yes, this question is very unique. However, what we should have noticed and be careful is the intention of this question. You know, sometimes people think, oh, God gave him any freedom to ask anything he wants to get. No, that's not what God asked. God, God literally say, ask what I shall give thee. That is to say, God is saying, Solomon, you know what to ask. Hey, Solomon, ask what I should give you. And what, uh, ask what you should get. Solomon, what, Solomon was not supposed to ask what he wanted to receive. But he was supposed to ask what he was supposed to receive. What does it mean? That doesn't mean, uh, that means Solomon was not supposed to ask, Lord, could you give me more money? Ooh, 
God is not going to be pleased with that. But thankfully, Solomon knew what he was supposed to ask. Look at the Bible. Because he recognized his inability. Verse 60, And Solomon said, Thou hast assured unto thy servant David, my father, great mercy, according to as he walked before thee in truth and in righteousness and in uprightness of heart with thee. And thou hast kept for him this great kindness, that thou hast given him a son to sit on his throne as it is this day. And now, O Lord my God, thou hast hast made thy servant king instead of David my father, and I am but a little child. I know not how to go out or come in. Give therefore thy servant an understanding heart to judge thy people that I may discern between good and bad. For who is able to judge this thy so great a people? Have you, ever, have you ever seen that before? Have you ever seen a king could be humble like that? First of all, so- Solomon recognized what David had done before and how great and gracious God has been to David. But compared to that, compared to David, Solomon looked like nothing. Even Solomon himself recognized that. And now the kingdom had prospered and made Solomon feel like he wouldn't be able to handle this country. He wouldn't be able to dis- handle these people. But because he realized that, he has God's help. As we see in verse 9, he said, Give therefore thy servant an understanding heart to judge thy people, that I may discern between good and bad. When I, when I read this first, very first time, I was surprised, honestly. Are you kidding me? Wisdom? Yeah. <laughs> Seriously? I mean, like, understanding? What do you need to understand more? Right. But what I realized was he was not actually asking about just wisdom or just understanding. I was like, you should have asked this. You should have asked more money. You should have asked more power. You should have asked this, this, this. But wisdom. But if you think this way, or at least it, it crossed your mind, thank you. I'm not the only one. I really appreciate that. I mean, it's the first and last case that God asked someone to ask God's self to what to what, what I shall give thee. Oh my goodness, don't miss the chance. Don't miss the opportunity. But let's look at person again. Let's hear this one. Solomon say, thy servant. He say, thy servant is in the midst of thy people. Give therefore thy servant an understanding to judge it. Thy people. For who is able to judge it? This thy so great a people. Could you notice that? How many times he used the word die? And what it's supposed to mean? That means Solomon, as God's servant, is asking God's wisdom to judge God's people for God's glory. Namely, he seeks the kingdom of God first 
He's not asking about his wisdom. He doesn't want to, he, he's not asking that for, to, to be wise men, but he's asking that for God's glory because he was seeking the kingdom of God first. He didn't ask wisdom because he wanted to be the wisest man in the world. Solomon asked the wisdom because he recognized that he wouldn't be able to handle God's people and it, it, and it wouldn't glorify him at all. What Solomon asked was not for himself, but it was actually for God's glory. Why? Why did he do that? We just need to go back to just a few verses above. The Bible tells us that Solomon loved the Lord. What this, what this passage points out is this. You seek the kingdom of God first when you love him most. You seek the kingdom of God first when you love him most. Amen. You know, we tend to say we love God, but we ask God for what we want or what we need rather than what the Lord wants us to ask. We read the Bible, we listen to preaching, we come to worship Him, we, we go out to live out like a Christian. But when it comes to what we do on a regular basis, it got me thinking like, do I really seek Him first? Do I really seek Him first? I feel sometimes I, I just feel like I fail to say yes. If we think about the reason why, the answer is in this passage today. Why we do not seek his kingdom first? Because we do not love him. We do not love God most. What do we pray for or what do we pray about? I'm not saying we, we should not pray about for ourselves or, or we should not pray about for our family, our friends, or our people just around us or, or so forth. I'm not saying that we should not pray about our financial stuff or physical needs. Of course, we should pray about it. Yeah, and then we pray for them. But if that's all we ask for, that's a problem. If all we ask is, Lord, could you, do, could you please do this? Would you, give me, would you give me this, 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 this? Lord, I want that. I want, I want that. He got that one. I want that too. Ooh, we, sh we should stop there and step back and think, think what we love most and first. If you look at Solomon, when the Lord appeared to him, he was prepared to answer him. He wasn't even confused. Is it dream or is it is actually he was asking me? He wasn't even doubting. Is it, is it, is it, is it, is it, is it God? Are you sure? I never, I never experienced it before. He, was, he wasn't asking what was going on there. He's like, what's going on? I, is it just a dream, right? I just need to wake up? Mm, no. You know why? Because he was desperate to ask God for his help. Solomon knew that God called him to reign that, that people. And in order to do that, in order to reign God's people, Solomon needed God's help. So he was loving God and worshiping God. Namely, he was seeking God first. Then finally, God appeared to him and asked what to give him. When the Lord asked Solomon without hesitation, without hesitation, answered and sought his kingdom and his righteousness. Why? 
only because he loved God most. Again, what about you? What about me? If you don't seek his kingdom first, if you do not seek his glory first, probably because you and I love something else more than God. So what happens when we love something else more than God? You are going to prioritize other stuff first than God. When it comes to your priority, God doesn't come first. Your family, relationship with others, work, or just anything for yourself could come first, but not God. Spiritual spiritual stuff like ministry, fellowship, soul winning, personal devotion, or something like this, we may think, oh, they can skip this week. Oh, they can skip today. Oh, Wednesday night service, it's okay. I'm so thankful for all people here, but not here. No, they, they cannot even hear there. But we tend to think like that. Oh, Sunday morning? Oh, I should go there. Sunday afternoon? I can skip. Workday? Oh, it's okay. I can skip. You can skip. It happens. Why? Because we don't seek his kingdom first. Why we, don't, why we do not seek his kingdom first? Because we do not love him most. But what does it happen when we love him most and when we seek him first? The Bible goes on to tell what happened to Solomon when he loved God most and when he seek God first. And verse 10 says, And the speech pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this thing. Again, Solomon asked for an understanding and wisdom, not because he wanted to be wise, but because he needed that in order, in order to glorify God and rule his people. In other words, he sought God's kingdom first. In this passage, Solomon's speech, he's asking, please God. Why? Why God was pleased with that? The reason was given in the next verse. Verse 11 says, And God said unto him, Because thou hast asked this thing, and hast not asked for thyself, thyself long life, neither hast asked riches for thyself, nor hast asked the life of thine enemies, but hast asked for thyself understanding to discern judgment. God was pleased because Solomon didn't ask for himself, but for God. And as a result of that, verse 12 says, Behold, I have done according to thy words. I have given thee a wise and understanding heart, so that there was none like thee before thee, neither after thee shall any arise like unto thee. Did you see that? When you seek him, his glory first, his kingdom first, his righteousness first, he will absolutely provide it. If you ask for God, if you ask something for God, he will provide it. Since Solomon asked for wisdom and understanding for his glory and his kingdom, God gave it to him. That's it? Nothing more? Hold on. Does, does, God, does, does God provide as less you need as possible? He just, he just gave you at least you need? My God has never been that way. He's been more than sufficient. Right. 
He's been more than overflowing. He's been, he's, he's been much more than just enough. Right. Not just for what you ask, but more. Look at verse 13 and 14 says, And I have also given thee that which thou hast not asked, both riches and honor, so that there shall not be any among the kings like unto thee all thy days. And if thou wilt walk in my ways to keep my statutes and my commandments as thy father David did walk, then I will lengthen thy days. God provided what Solomon didn't ask for. Solomon didn't ask, Solomon just asked for understanding in order to judge God's people, but God gave him riches and honor as well. God is the one who gives you sufficiently when you seek his kingdom and his righteousness first. Matthew chapter 6, verse 3 to 33 says, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things, and all these things shall be added unto you. You know, I, I, I really believe this passage proves that Matthew 6.33 is true. Yeah. What Solomon asked was on understanding, just wisdom. But what he received when he asked was not only understanding, but also riches and honor. Solomon led Israel to the golden age of Israel. When Solomon reigned Israel, the Bible tells us that the silver was, not, was nothing accounted of in the days of Solomon. Like, silver was nothing. There was no stronger and wealthier country than Israel. Why? Because God provided all of them to Solomon. When? When he sought his kingdom first, when he loved God most. This very simple principle is here. When you glorify God first, he he will glorify you too. When you honor God, God will honor you. When you seek his kingdom first, he will give you more than that. It's just a matter of order. But if you try to receive what you want first, without seeking his kingdom first, this very simple principle will not happen to you. That's the wrong order. You need to seek his kingdom first. You need to seek him first. When do we seek him first? As you see in the Bible, in this passage, you will seek him first when you love him most. You know, for most Korean people, I'm I'm one of the Korean people, but when it comes to the priority, for them, I would say for them, education comes first. For me, food comes first. But for them, (laughs) education comes first. For example, according to a survey, most Korean people, in order to save money, they cut down expenses on food first. I was like, what? <laughs> that doesn't make sense. Are you Korean, really? But anyway, so they cut down expenses on food first, their hobbies, and so forth. But guess what? The last thing they cut down on their expenses is educational cost. The average cost of private education is $300 per month. But when I was in high school, most of my friends spent at least seven to $800 to 
to learn something per month. One of them was like he he spent like fifteen hundred. I was like, you must be smart. It seems like they needed to teach their child, even though they need to eat less or they have to give up something, but they feel like they have to teach their children. You know why? Because they value education the most. We often talk about priority, but we should know that what makes a priority. Your priority is not depending on the, on the value itself, but it's actually depending on how you value this. How do we value things? We value things based on how much we love them, how much it, it need, I, I need them. When you love education the most, that's the most important things to you. This, that's the most valuable to you. So you can give up other stuff for education. When you love food the most, that's the most important to you, to me. You can give up education for that, okay? Then let's find out what we value the least. It's very simple. We just need to do, we just need to do it backward. Just think about what you give up first. Do you give up your family for whatever reason? No. Do you give up money for whatever reason? Usually no. Do you give up uh, like social media or food or anything like that in your mind now? Uh, sometimes. But if you give up seeking God, if you, can, if you give up ministry, if you give up tithing, offering, if you give, if you give up being faithful, if you give up dedication, if you give up devotion, or just if you give up any spiritual stuff, that shows you, you love God the least. We do not love Him most. I spent too much money this month. Oh, I have to save some money. So I should tie less this month. Doesn't make sense. Oh, this month has been extremely pricey because of this, this, this. Oh, I can handle my faith problems this month. I, I, I will do the next month more. Oh, this week was rough. I should rest this Sunday. Oh, I should rest at home. I just need to go Sunday morning service. I just need to go to Sunday morning service on uh, Sunday afternoon. Maybe next time. I'm physically, spiritually, and mentally worn out. So I should skip church this week. Or I can, I can teach Sunday school, or I can sing choir. I can do this, I can do this, I can do this. I don't know what you're facing right now. And I don't know what you're going to face very soon. But when you face something that makes you give up something, and then, and, and if the spiritual thing is the first thing that you give up, you got to remember that you don't love God most. And because, and because you don't love him most, you do not seek his kingdom first. Then you will not get anything from God. However, if you start loving God most and seek him first, nothing will matter. God already told us, seek him first, the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Just remember, you seek his kingdom first when you love him most.
this passage Solomon, he loved God most. That's why he seek his kingdom first. But as we know, throughout the Bible, chapter after chapter after chapter, he changed his mind. Chapter three, he loved God most. Chapter ten, chapter eleven, chapter twelve, it changed. Just in ten chapters, he changed them. How how easily we change our mind. We are like, oh God, I love you the most today. Tomorrow, <coughs> these things come up, I gotta go. Can you really say you love him the most every single day? You seek his kingdom first. We really need to remember that. We are seeking his kingdom first only, only when we love him most. Tonight, we need to ask God. We need to be honest right before God if we love him most or not. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you again for your mercy and your goodness. Lord, you're so merciful because of sometimes we do not love you most. But you're being really faithful. You're being patient with us and that you just love us no matter what. So we just want to ask you, Lord, please help us to be faithful, to love you most, that to, seek your, to seek your kingdom first, to seek your righteousness first. And as we do that, please help us to see who God is through our life. And please help us to have a great, great testimony through our life. We love you. We thank you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.